What if I told you that you have bondage in your life that you didn't even know about? Would you believe me? Yes. <laughs> I see some heads already, you're eager to say, yes, I know that. <laughs> some of you are like, hmm, I'm not so sure if I do, because I'm pretty self-aware. But do we realize that, that you have a bounty on your head? Every single one of you here has a bounty on your head. Somebody is out trying to get you. They want to kill you. They want to destroy you. They want to take away your freedom. It's like, I do? I have a bounty? Yes. The scripture tells us that the enemy, Satan, wants to kill, steal, and destroy from you. That means he's going to rob from you. That means he's going to find ways to diminish your life. But the, the opposite of that is that Jesus came and gave you, wants to have you a full and abundant life. And so here we have this battle, and we know it's a spiritual battle, but it manifests in physical things. So today we are going to look at what we see the children of Israel are starting to have to walk through. We're going to be journeying with them, going through scripture from the book of Exodus. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 1. When we finish up um, Genesis, we realize that, that um, Joseph, remember the prince of Egypt, who was the son of Jacob, Jacob had 12 sons, uh, Joseph was sold into slavery, ended up working in Potiphar's house, ended up being in prison, but then um, through some interpretation of dreams became second in command, really the governor of Egypt, which was the most powerful nation at the time. And Joseph, because of his ability to save Egypt from famine, allowed his family, so all of his siblings came to live in that region and they became numerous over time. When Joseph passed away, and in, in we look at the end of Genesis, it says this. So Joseph remained in Egypt. He and, he and his father's house lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of their third generation. The children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were also counted as Joseph's own. And Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will visit you and bring you out of this land into the land sworn by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, um, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. They embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. That's where the story begins. So now what happens is Joseph is dead, but the, all of his descendants are very numerous and is making Egypt a little nervous. And I want you to begin to start saying what happens when people become threatened. I want you to think about this term or this word power. I want you to think about this word freedom. I want you to think about how freedom and power are intertwined. Today, I'm going to be realizing, we're going to begin to realize that when there's an exchange of power, there's either freedom gained or freedom lost. We're going to keep reading in Exodus. I'm going to start in verse 8 of chapter 1. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph, and he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them. Can you say shrewdly? Basically, how are we going to deceive them? How are we going to trick them? How are we going to suppress them? How are we going to take power away from them? 
They were f- fearful that they were becoming so um, many of them. And he says, come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramses, put the more... But the more that they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service and mortar and brick and all kinds of work in the field. And all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Carries on to say that they told the midwives, here's their plan, here's their scheme. Remember, the enemy wants to kill, steal, destroy. Their scheme is, how about if we're going to enslave them, we're going to take away their freedom, we're going to put heavy labor on them. But not only that, we got to diminish their number. And so they told the midwives, when you're giving birth to um, the kids, you're helping, they're not giving birth, when they're helping wives, the Hebrew wives give birth to their kids, we want you to kill them. And then it goes on to say that the, the midwives were fearful of God, meaning they respected God and they wouldn't do that. And then there was a decree once to kill all the firstborn male. And this is where we're going to pick up the story next week on the birth of Moses. And if you recall the story, Moses gets put into a basket in the Nile River in starting this journey of freedom. But today where we're going to land is understanding that we have bondage, that if we realize we are marked people, that we have an enemy that wants to put bondage in our life, and we have to realize what that bondage is, and then we have to submit our life to the Holy Spirit to reveal that to us. But we realize that that this bondage that's in our life is really meant to diminish our life, to kill, steal, and destroy. So, a couple weeks ago, we said we don't really know what we're missing in freedom because we've never experienced that level of freedom. And so, in many ways, we are unaware of what God wants to do. So, the big idea for today, I'm going to repeat this a few times. And, and I want you to maybe write this down. If you have your phones, get to your notes section. Or if you have pen and paper, write this down. Freedom lies where the balance of power lives. Freedom lies where the balance of power lives. And if we realize that power and freedom go hand in hand, we have to realize at what point in time have we either given people power? Maybe we've given people power by our words of confession or where power has been taken away from us. Meaning, in this case, the... Egyptians were fearful of them, so they were going to say, how do we scheme to remove their power as a people, and we're going to remove that from them, and so they could enslave them and then ultimately control them. It was interesting, if you have been following the news, Javier Milley, who is the new president of Argentina, spoke at the World Economic Forum in Davos, And I don't think they knew what he was going to say, because if you know anything about the World Economic Forum, they're creating global strategy to basically control humanity. And they feel very good about what they're doing because they feel like they're creating solutions for the world, this complicated and difficult world, they're creating solutions. But but Javier Mili says this, he goes, watch out Western world. 
You're losing your principles that are going to rob you of your freedom. He talks about socialist society, and this is not a political message, but this is a message about how freedom gets taken away from you systematically without you even knowing it. It's the frog in the boiling pot scenario, right? A frog in a pot goes into cold water, and then the heat just goes up and goes up, and before you know it, the frog's boiling, and he never even knew that he was in a boiling pot. And this is what is happening with a society, as he's pointing out, that society in the West is becoming, um, our freedoms are being taken away systematically, and we not, are, are not even aware of it. And what he's saying is, your principles as a democracy, your principles as a free nation is beginning to erode away. Watch out. But, but it's interesting, and by the way, so, so if you are concerned about that, guess what? We have a primary in New Hampshire on Tuesday. And you have a chance to have your voice be heard. I serve as a selectman for my town, and, and I'm often reminded that when, when you look at laws, and it talks about the legislative body, you say, oh, the legislative body, and we, we think of our legislators who, who sit in the state house, but, but our legislative body, you often think it's like, who is responsible? Who's in control? The beautiful thing about our democracy and even our government style is a legislative body, guess what, is you, the people. And, and we realize that sometimes we blame governments and we blame these things and we blame people above us. We blame leadership and we realize that the power actually resides in us unless we give up power and then we're giving away freedom. Power and freedom go hand in hand. We're going to be getting to understanding our spiritual freedom here in a moment, but, I, but we realize that a lot of this stuff gets played out in physical realms. It gets played out in, in the way that we live our lives. So let me just highlight a few things of the children of Israel. I'm going to just talk about some themes to help you understand maybe where you have been starting to give up on some of your freedoms. You're transferring power and I'm just really hoping I have one more sheet of paper here. I do. There it is. Today was a little struggle for me. I have so much content today. One of the hardest challenges for me is, as one trying to communicate God's word to you and what is on God's heart is taking all of this and bringing it to this and then bringing it to this so you walk away with one idea that you can actually apply to your life that will give life to you because it's Jesus-centered and it's breathed by the Holy Spirit and you can walk out of here saying, God has touched me today. But let me just give you a couple of examples of what, what begins to take away your freedom. Remember, freedom can either be um, handed away or freedom can be taken away from you, and that means power is either being transferred or, uh, well, it is being transferred one way or the other. And remember, what did we say? Freedom lies where the balance of power lives. And you have to say who has the power because when you say who has the power, that is actually where, where you determine who has for freedom as well. The more power that... By the way, the slide of power is not always a bad thing. It depends on who, who has the power in their hands. Because guess what? If, you, if you, your boss has power over you, if you decide not to show up to work, guess what your boss is going to do? He's going to fire you, right? And so if your boss fires you, guess what? They have power over your life. You won't have a paycheck. But if you have a good boss and if you have a good um, employer, then it doesn't matter 
right? That power doesn't matter if he has power because the power is going to bless you and the power is going to prosper your family. Likewise with Jesus, we're going we're gonna to bring this to Jesus because everything that we have to talk about is going to centralize around Jesus. But, but when we choose to live our life in such a way that we give Jesus the power over our life, we realize that that's true freedom for us. It's true freedom for us. Power and freedom. But let's just talk about a little bit, and we're going to understand where you might have given away your power, which actually affects your freedom. First of all, I would like to say complacency and contentment. If you're taking notes, that's a great way to kind of write those two words, complacency and contentment. So the children of Israel, I'm just going to highlight maybe a little bit of the story. We'll get, we'll get into the deep parts of it over the weeks ahead. But the children of Israel had fled from Egypt and bondage and slavery. But on their journey, they became pretty complacent and it crept on in. And in their, in their complacency we get this false sense of security. In many ways, I, I think that's the way our nation maybe feels right now. And maybe we're shifting a little bit, but I think sometimes like, hey, we grew up in a great country. Hey, we grew up in a, in a place that there's safety and, and the American dream and what have you, and this is democracy. And, but if systematically things, our freedoms are being taken away and we're giving them away, because we've had this false sense of security. So we've been unengaged in political environments. We've been unengaged in moral, social arguments. We've been unengaged and we, we allow uh, media to inform our minds and, and, and we do that more so than we allowing the word of God to form our minds. We wonder if maybe we have given parts of our power away and therefore it's affecting our freedom. In Proverbs 1.32, it says, For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Thank you, O great wise one Solomon, who gave us that proverb. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Church, I, this is not a time to be complacent. This is a time to be highly alert and aware of what God is doing, what the enemy is doing, and what is happening in our world around us. Number two, forsaking principles for comfort. Let me just start with a scripture on this one. Galatians 5, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. You see, the children of Israel traveled the wilderness back and forth. They, they didn't have to be there for 40 years. But what happened is they, they were keep looking back and saying, you know what, it, we maybe we're better off as slaves. Maybe it was a little bit easier because the wilderness is hard and the wilderness is unsure. And, and I just kind of want to be comfortable and, and don't we make decisions sometimes that we don't want to be uncomfortable, we want to be comfortable, and we actually then forego, we forsake a principle, we forsake what God has said in his word just because we want to be comfortable. But in many ways, in our quest for comfort, have we actually given power to something that has begun to rob our freedom? Number three, idolatry and distorted principles. 
You know, it's interesting, in their journey, they became uh, like a little bit, Moses went up onto the mountain, and they were like, where's God? You know, he's left us, he's forsaken us, let's get all our gold together and build a golden calf. And they needed something to put their attention into something that had no power to give them life. But in many ways, they diverted their power to worship an idol that had zero interest in their lives. It was a, an object. And in many ways, when you shift power from a God who loves you, who got a God who wants to prosper you, to things, to activities, idolatry is anything that you put above God, your relationship with God. That's idolatry. Anything that you put over your relationship with God is idolatry. And so think about what are those things. And, and those things then have more power in your life in many ways. And are they giving you freedom or are they taking freedom away from you? Is the question. Because freedom lies where the balance of power lives. Who has the power? I've got the power. <laughs> Who sang that? I actually, that thought came in my mind. I looked that up this morning. Actually, I have the answer for you. Does anybody remember? Snap. Snap. It, was a, it was a German band, actually. Snap. I've got the power. Oh, man, word is stuck in my head, and now I've got it stuck in your head. But... But who has the power? You guys, you know the answer to this one, right? You know it. Jesus has the power. Now, let me just go on a little side, side note here, a little trail. And I'm, I'm looking at the time. I'm going to go on a little tiny little trail real fast as a bunny, like a bunny. So here's the reality. This is where it's maybe a little confusing for you because we are to be bond servants to Christ. The scripture tells us, right? We are to be enslaved to Christ. I thought we we're talking about freedom here. And then the scripture goes on to say that he breaks every chain. Basically, he breaks our bondages. So which one is it? He wants us to be enslaved or he wants us to be free. Here's the key. If it, this is beautiful. If we can learn to be enslaved to Christ in his ways, the power diverts. God has the power, but now his power is to bless us. And to prosper us versus when the enemy, we've given away our power to the enemy in the world's ways, that power diminishes and steals and robs from us. And so when he breaks all those chains, he breaks those chains of darkness when we become a bondservant to Christ. We need to learn how to say, okay, God's ways are, are higher. I want to I wanna bond myself to Jesus. I want to do it his ways. All right. As my little bunny trail. The next point is, is ignoring the consequences of choices. We, we have to, when we go through this story, the children of Israel, boy, it is cause and effect, cause and effect. And, and we begin to start seeing that when, when, when our choices have consequences... Our choices have consequences. Scripture in Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. And in, in, in life, our choices will have consequences. And so we're either putting our freedom in God's hands or we're putting our 
or I should say power in God's hands, or we're putting power in other places. I'm just going to give you some examples of where we put our power as a way to begin to start saying, all right, Holy Spirit, because your homework today is going to be saying, God, reveal light into my life. Holy Spirit, reveal the light into my life. Where has the, where has the enemy started taking from me? Where am I, my life still in bondage? And then you're going to say, where have I transferred that power to improperly? Because power equals freedom. And when then we realize, say, okay, I'm going to shift that power now to God. I need, you, I need you to have the power to break that bondage in my life to restore the freedom that he wants for us. So many papers. Where is this? I'll find it. Stay with me. We're good? We're good? All right. I'm just killing time here to find my paper here. Here it is. See, the thing that is stolen from you most often, though, he steals from you in these ways. He steals your joy. He steals your peace. See, freedom is, I believe, equipped to be truly the person that God has made you to be from birth. God has designed you. He's purposed you. He has a plan for you. And the freedom is established by you having the ability to live fully in the way that God has designed you. And what happens over time is through decisions, through influences, systematically our freedoms are being taken away. The power is being shifted. And then our lives become enslaved. And the reality is we don't even know that it's happened. I would say what consumes you and what owns you. Do you have the ability to say no to the cigarette butt? Do you have the ability to say no to alcohol? In other words, we're on this 21 days of fasting. By the way, we're, we're one more week to go, guys. We can do it. You can do it. Stay strong. The enemy wants to say, no, you can't do it. You can't do it. Do you have the ability to say no to the temptation of porn that's on your phones? Do you have the ability to say no to the sweets that are on the counter? Do you have the ability to stop the series, the mini-series in midstream because all of a sudden it's gone a little bit sideways in the content? But you're like, no, I'm so hooked on the characters. See, if you don't have the ability to say no, it has too much power in your life. And your freedom has been taken from you. See, if, if power is equated to freedom, you have to realize that if you don't have the power anymore, that means your freedom has been taken from you. And if anybody you've, you've, you've walked with, whether drug addiction or alcoholism or any of those types of things, and it starts so easy and starts so small. Pornography, it starts with a simple image on Instagram and, and uh Pinterest or whatever, and all of a sudden that, that those images like, well, I want to see a little bit more. Oh, I want. And then before you know, it's like, I'm hooked and I can't stop doing this. And then the enemy will distort your relationships and distort your perspective and, and what you see is all clouded by and now your freedoms are being taken from you and you no longer have the joy and the peace that God wants to bestow upon your life. So that's what you consume, and, and do you have the ability to say no to those things, or do they have too much power in your life? And then I would say, what, oh, what, what do you own, or what owns you? 
See, you see, the question is, the reason why we do FPU is because the borrower is a slave to the lender. The borrower is a slave to the lender. If you were to say today, could I just walk away from my job, if I could walk away from, I just need to move to another country. You don't have a job. Could you do that or no? Do you still have obligations that, that you still have to pay? As long as you have obligations that you have to pay, guess what? You're a slave to that payment. God wants you to be free. God wants you to be free. Who has the power? And has the balance power shifted? The balance of power shifted? And I want to let you know that, that when you make a decision to say, I don't actually have, you've given away so much of the, your, the power to somebody else and you don't have a lot of freedom in your life. Or maybe you don't eat, you think you have freedom, but, but you just kind of like, this is what society does. We live paycheck to paycheck. We consume all this stuff and we are on our social media and this is just the way our society is. But is it giving you life? <laughs> is it giving you peace? Is it giving you freedom? And I would say, no, our society is not doing that for us. But there is one who can. There is one who can bring you peace. There is one who can bring you freedom. There is one who can allow you to experience joy and the fullness that he has for you. And his name is Jesus. But that means we're going to have to say, I'm, I'm choosing to give him the power that we become a bondservant to Jesus and allow him the ability to break every chain in our life because we've made decisions along the way we've abdicated some responsibility by by giving away our our society has given too much given too much place of our society in our life we've given too much of hollywood a place in our life we've given too much social media a place in our life we've given too much of what we consume in our life and then we're wondering why we're depressed we're wondering why we have anxiety. We're wondering why we need to go to substances to somehow get through life. So as we go through this series, I want to start with a place of realizing that maybe there's bondage in your life that you didn't even realize. Maybe you didn't realize that you've been actually giving power to things unawares and if power is equal to freedom then maybe you're realizing wait a second how do I regain my freedom it means you gotta shift the power you gotta shift the power upward to Jesus who has the ability to start doing the work that only Jesus can do through the Holy Spirit which is start snipping the chains start snipping the cords of those things that keep pulling you back that's robbing from your freedom that's robbing from your joy, that's robbing from your peace. It end in this scripture, 1 Corinthians 7, 21 through 24. Were you a bondservant when called? Do not be concerned about it. If you can grain your freedom, avail yourself to that opportunity. For he who is called in the Lord is a bondservant, is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he was free when he was called as a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So brothers, in whatever condition you were called, let there he remain with God. 
Here he is talking about literal slaves, and he's talking about literal free men, but he's, he's reminding us that you have been bought with a price. Your freedom has already been bought for those of you who have given your life to Jesus Christ. Some of you here today are saying, I don't know how to get free. I've tried. I've tried stop watching porn. I've tried giving up the bottle. I've tried giving up uh, social media. I've tried stopping whatever it is that you're doing. But if you tried on your own strength, because by the way, you don't have the power. What's that band's name called again? Snap. Snap. Snap is telling you a lie. I've got the power. It's a lie. You don't have the power. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has the power. And we need to give him the power. We need to give him the power to break every chain in our life. Jesus wants you free, church. And this is a time that we need to be very highly aware. He wants you free that your mind should not be clouded in slavery, in bondage. The times that we live in are vigilant times that we have to be free people, spiritually free people, that we can see clearly to what the Spirit of God is wanting to do in our life and in, in our world around us. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity that we can come be in your presence. Lord, we love you. Father, I pray if there's anybody here who doesn't know you, that they would make a decision today to say yes to you, Jesus, because you are the one who's the bondage breaker. You are the one to break every chain. You are the one to give us peace, joy, and hope for our future. So Father, simply we say, Jesus, we trust in you. Thank you for going to the cross for my sin. Thank you for not only going to the cross, but three days later, you rose again. You are the son of God. You are the Messiah. You are who you say you are. You are our savior. And Jesus, I pray that people would have the courage this week to allow light to shine in those dark places to reveal any place where there might be bondage, where the freedom has been taken away. Father, help us to understand that freedom lies where the power of balance lives. And we realize that maybe where we've given too much power to things, to substances, to, to ideas, and Lord, we need to shift that power back up to you because ultimately, Jesus, you have the power to give us a free life. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.